Welcome to Out With Dan, the podcast that spotlights and examines the voices of LGBTQ authors, characters, and our allies. Together, we lift our voices and we tell our stories. I'm Dan White. Join me as I chat with this week's author. Hello, and welcome back to Out With Dan. Today, I get to talk to actor, performer, artist, and now author, Rennie Perkins, about Not Everyone Is Going To Like You, Thoughts From A Former People Pleaser. Welcome, Rennie. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. This book is such, it's called A Manifesto, and I I really believe it is. Uh, Give us a setup about why this book. Why this book? Because uh, a girl needed money. <laughs> um, that's the case. Uh, well, and then I also have like the book right here. Um, um, honestly, I guess it all comes from like one of the things I struggle with the most was being a people pleaser and also just not feeling like seen or heard and wanting a space for like my voice to, I guess, matter. Um, Cause for quite some time, I just felt like eh, nobody gives, um, I don't know if I can curse. You <laughs> um, whatever you want, Randy, you're welcome. Um, okay, for the longest time, I felt like nobody gave a shit about what I had to say. And you know, you're just like talking into like this echo chamber. And so I guess like creating this book gave me the opportunity to really, I guess, like stand pretty firmly on, on uh, validating myself, um, understanding and asserting and affirming myself that my voice did matter and I did have something to say. And people relate or maybe it resonates, um, but I just, I guess I just like utilize this as an opportunity to just kind of like share that. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I love it because I, I do think it's important. I think in this world, of course, here's Dan with his opinions. I do think in this world that, you know, oftentimes the squeaky wheel gets the oil. The person with the most money or the most power is the one that's heard. And for the rest of us, we are simply as valuable. One person's not more valuable than another. Maybe in our personal lives, maybe you and I value each other more than we value people on the outside. But as far as as a humanity, no one's more important than the other. And that's something that I, I see in your book that I hear and I recognize. And I celebrate that for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what, talk about, if you will, a little bit about what I would call mental health and seeing a therapist and let's let's bust that myth that there's something wrong with someone if they need to talk to a professional yeah (laughs) well um mental health is something i uh mental health care overall is just something i really am a strong advocate for um even i mentioned in my book like how i uh started going to therapy as a kid and like as a kid like you had the um idea that therapy or any kind of like mental health care was like for people that just were like off for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word and that there was like no space for I guess like what you consider yourself to be like you know a 
it's neuro it's neurotypical but like a normal person and as i you know got older and i recognized <laughs> i'm neurodiverse you know adhd clinical depression anxiety uh, <laughs> about, um i started to like recognize like that there's no shame in being somebody who is neurodiverse there's no shame in advocating for your own mental health there's no shame in getting help um no matter what that help looks like no matter if it's just going to therapy no matter if it's seeing a psychiatrist and actually uh starting medication like that's also another i guess like journey as well because like a lot of times people are okay with therapy if they're okay with therapy but when it comes to uh the psychiatrist part when it comes to actually um starting mental, uh, mental health care plans that incorporate medication like there's also a separate stigma then another a whole nother battle because like even though people are okay, the people that are okay with therapy, like once you start talking about, oh, I have to take antidepressants or I have to take um, maybe a anti-anxiety medication or or a, a medication for attention hyperdeficit. <laughs> it's not hyperdeficit. It's a- <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm like trying to like rattle it off. Like I know all these. Um, once you have to take medication for ADHD, like there the stigma comes back like it there's you know some of the things I've heard were like oh you don't need like those pills like and it's just like they're just to help me function and you know have the same chance and opportunity um and ability as like someone who doesn't have to navigate life with those same like neurodiversities um so I guess it's one of the biggest things that I really want to like highlight and push is like getting people comfortable with advocating for themselves and like really shedding the shame of uh, what it looks like to seek, you know, mental health care. Like I would love to live in a world where like nobody cares if you're on antidepressants and it's like, oh yeah, it's whatever. Um, But I had no idea, like even an example, like with some of the like, my friends, when I first started talking about antidepressants, I had no idea some of them also were on antidepressants. And it was just like a big revelation because it's like, oh, we're all like kind of keeping this like on the low when in actuality it's 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 normal and it's fine and it's accepted and it's nothing people should be ashamed of. So that's one of the things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. And that's one of the things that you do in your book so eloquently and so lovingly is that you you basically say, this is my journey and this is what I'm dealing with. And let's take it out of the closet. Let's take it off the back burner and put it on the front burner. And let's show that life happens to each of us differently. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of times with I know in I, in conversations I've heard people say, oh, well, you know, she's medicated, he's medicated or whatever. But you know what? Sometimes it's what's needed because we all have a chemical balance and sometimes it's off balance. I know that depression is something I have to be careful about. If you know me, I talk a lot. I'm very open and happy. But depression happens to everyone and we have to be careful, you know, and some people careful isn't just enough. Sometimes they need something else. So I celebrate that with you. And it's also it's also one of the things that I see in your book that really is about 
handling Rennie's business. And I think <laughs> I, I think that's important. So I want to I want to mention a couple of things in your book. Um, so I love the term left on red. So what is left on red? Okay, so I'm a big advocate for read receipts. Um, <laughs> I ever since I got an iPhone, I have my read receipts on. I never take them off. I know that is kind of controversial. I don't know why. I love the fact that like I have the ability to like let someone know that I've read it and I am choosing not to respond intentionally. But also if I read it and I don't respond, sometimes it can be an ADHD thing. And I just, <laughs> two hours later, maybe days later, like, oh, I got to respond back to this. Um, but yeah, like I just like the idea of uh, letting people know like where I stand. Some people might say that's like passive aggressive. I don't believe so. You know, it's passive aggressive. Having your read receipts off and then know not know whether you read it or not. Like that's passive aggressive. And, and by leave on red, you're showing someone that uh, I'm here. I yeah, saw it. I and saw it. I also think that, you know, in this day and age of immediacy, I struggle with because I grew up as a people pleaser and I haven't quite shed it. I'm working on it, but I haven't shed it. So I'll get a text or an email from a work client and I become obsessed mentally with how long do I have to wait till I respond? And I am an independent contractor. So it turns out that you don't own me 24 seven and none of my clients think they do. But here I begin to think I have a responsibility and my responsibility is to me first. Would you agree? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I have this thing about, um, emails and uh, <laughs> when I'm going to respond to emails and like, just because I'm not in a traditional like nine to five, like office space cubicle does not mean that I'm not allowed it the, allotted the boundary of when I'm not working. Um, so that means 5 PM or sometimes I try to work like um, nine to four. Uh, or whenever my brain is like, no more. <laughs> um, and then that's when I'm just kind of like, I, I use the uh, work, do not disturb uh, setting on my phone. So that basically lets me know like, okay, like this is when I'll be like handling work things. And this is when I'm no longer available. And instead of like feeling bad, like, oh, I didn't respond to this person and they sent me an email at 8 p.m. at night, I just tend to just kind of like, okay, well, I'll get back to it tomorrow. And there should be an understanding and they shouldn't be upset that I'm getting back to them tomorrow because I am only beholden to myself here unless it's like an emergency. And sure. if it's an emergency, they have my phone number. Um, business don't have my phone number. That's another thing. I do not, absolutely do not believe in like sharing personal numbers with uh, like clients and things like that. Like we have a Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, like anything else, but like I don't believe that they need access or to be texting me like all times of the night or day um just for work because then that drives me up a wall. So it yeah. does. So I have a, a client that I'm very fond of who will send me emails uh 
24-7. And oftentimes with a little note at the bottom, this is so you will remind me. I'm like, are you kidding me? What about... What about not doing that? Because then I feel responsible. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, it, this. So having grown up in a, a home that I would characterize as an ACA, an adult child of an alcoholic, mm-hmm. I believe that with me personally, that's where a lot of my people pleasing came from. Is that an experience with you or is it something different than that in the people pleasing? Um, I actually learned this in therapy. Um, so one of the habits of people pleasing that I picked up is, uh, really hyper-focusing on making myself of use. Um, because the idea was if I was so useful to the people in my life, friends, relationships, whatever, they wouldn't dispose of me. Mm-hmm. And that's what kept me in the cycle of people uh, pleasing. It, it's just like the act of not wanting to feel disposable, the act of if someone thinks that, oh, Rennie's doing all these things for me, like there's no way I'm going to like abandon or like counter out or mm-hmm. anything like that. But guess what? They do that anyway. It just takes a little bit longer because once someone is like, oh, I'm only um, engaging with this person or in community with, with this person for the benefit of myself. And once they've like reaped all of those benefits mm-hmm. and then I'm left with the feeling of being disposed again. And so that was a little bit what I went through. I think like coming up just like feelings of like abandonment and things like that. And really wanting to hyper focus on um, having like this, like picture perfect life that you would see on like television, like nuclear families. I grew up with my grandmother and so not like having like what I saw television was was telling me uh, family was supposed to look like traditionally um, really like it, it really was like a struggle. I think mm-hmm. for me. so I tried all throughout like adolescence until well until like adulthood and still I mean, it's still a battle every day work in progress um, yes. to reject like overextending um, performing so much labor just so someone can see value in you mm-hmm. when in actuality is like, you don't have to convince anyone of your value. Like if you have to convince them. You're wasting your time. They either oh, see it. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> yes. And I think that sort of circles back to what you were talking about earlier, wanting to be seen. I think that a lot of times people pleasers, we do want to be seen and we want to be heard and we want to be valued. And somewhere in there, we formulate in our mind that if we do enough, they will see, they will respect. And the sad thing is we're missing our component of it. If we don't respect ourselves enough to set boundaries and until we learn to respect ourselves and to see ourselves and to value ourselves. But setting the boundaries becomes the delicious part of the conversation when we get to that. I just love it. I have a question, though, that I will tell you that this set my world on fire, sister, when you 
brought up breadcrumbing. Of course, I had no idea what in the hell breadcrumbing was, but I have educated people. <laughs> so since you educated me, will you educate the audience on what breadcrumbing is? Okay, yeah. Breadcrumbing is this like really sinister type of communication that is light. You're lightly engaging in, with someone um, you're not truly having, uh, you don't truly have like the intentions of like pursuing them seriously, but you engage with them just enough so that you can keep your options open. So like there's a chance you could come back at your convenience. Mm -hmm. um, folks that like breadcrumb, uh, they do things like maybe sending text messages, like, you know, saying hi, but then like by ghosting after you, you respond back. Um, <laughs> You, they make loose plans, um, I'll let you know types, um, but they don't really commit to truly like seeking to be like in any kind of like relationship or engagement with you or community with you. Cause breadcrumbing can be platonic and like romantic. Mm -hmm. like, just a matter of like, these folks just want to like loosely commit themselves um, and also it's just based on like opportunity. Like they, they feel like there's an opportunity to get something from you. Like they're going to just like do just enough to keep mm -hmm. you on the hook. So that's uh, unfortunately what bread crumbing, bread crumbing is. Um, well, I will tell you once again, I thank you so much for that phrase because I, I know about ghosting, sort of mm -hmm. about orbiting now. But the bread crumbing thing was here again, people see a people pleaser and breadcrumbing is so easy for someone who's not a people pleaser because they want to make sure you're on the hook. They just aren't going to follow through. They just really want to make sure they've got your attention. So yeah. I, I was like, oh, that has set me free on this day. <laughs> And as I do know you're from Houston, I do think there should be a second subtitle to Ain't Everybody Gonna Like You. We need a little <laughs> bit of Southern in this. <laughs> I should, honestly, that should have been the book title. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> You know, we got to bring a little bit of the South with us, Renny, wherever we go. <laughs> Uh, once again, the book is called Not Everyone is Going to Like You. It's by Rennie Perkins. It is so delicious. Do you have a uh, social media or a website you'd like to share? Uh, yes, I am everywhere online at Rennie. That's R-I-N-N-Y, Riot, R-I-O-T. So yeah, that you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Everywhere. Be real. I don't really use it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and so this this book is wonderful in so many ways, especially in the message we were talking about. But it also showcases your art, which is something we really didn't get a chance to talk about too much. So I encourage everyone to go to Rennie Riot, R-I-N-N-Y-R-I-O-T, and you will find Rennie's artwork as well as her book. This is true. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much for joining me, Rennie. Hang on for me just a second. All right. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Out with Dan. You can find more information about this podcast and its host at outwithdan.com, on Twitter at outwithdan, and on Instagram and Facebook at gooutwithdan. 
This podcast is hosted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, and the theme music is provided by bensound.com. Join us again soon for the next episode of Out with Dan.